So there's no imaginary situation to hide behind, and there's no other person to hide behind. What you're doing, in fact, is you're asking those same questions that Stanislavski said the actor should constantly ask himself as a character. Who am I? Why am I here? Where do I come from? And where am I going? But instead of applying them to a role, you apply them to yourself. Welcome to the other side. This is Void Captain Tenali Von Wave, Particle speaking, producer of Muddy Boots. I'd like to welcome everyone aboard this cosmic caboose, an intergalactic explorer of sight, musing, and song. So please prepare accordingly. Soon, we to blast off on a jump drive known as Part 7 of Half Remarkable Questions. Joining us on our voyage will be a galaxy of sound, snippet, and words, including excerpts from the exegesis of Philip K. Dick, the film, My Dinner with Andre, selected readings from Principia Discordia, Sufi Tales, and so on, and so forth. The musical selections will sail from here, there, and everywhere and even unfolding unto itself in orgasmic overdrive. May our journey be fair, even lifting us up out of ourselves to unify with the infinitely eternal and divine great and only beyond who to what. Let's commence the jump drive with a poem, which some may view as a mystical riddle disguised as a poem or simply a poem disguised as a mystical riddle. The words were composed by my co-pilot, Ilanit Fields of Scene. There was an old woman lived under the hill, and if she's not gone, she lives there still. Baked apples she sold, and cranberry pies. And she's the old woman that never told lies. Why are we here? Old Mother Isis engaged in crisis to fetch Osiris a bone, and when she got there, Osiris lay bare to rule the underworld throne. Who or what put us here? The early bird snatches the worm out of stardust glare. Bumpy, humpy, uncrucified eroticism, no gripes to spare. Wickers flicker unsolicited, seemingly from nowhere. Come what, come will, come you, come breathe in the air. What, if anything, can we do about it? Lucy, Lucy, lather, where shall I gather? Inside and outside, and in my neural chamber. There I met an old sage, who would not say the truth. He took me by the left leg, and turned me into a sleuth. How do we get started? The moon she swoons, as respite for her heat drippings. By her light we cast our moody tongue whippings. We praise her, we gaze her, we splatter her with questions deep. She says, Answers I give, but answers you can never keep. Where shall wisdom be found? Fee, fi, fo, fum. I smell the blood of a little man. He to strive, or he to dread. I'll grind his books, for he's well read. Why was I born? Oh, thy dear old rustling, rumbling hills, and merry magic prairies. In the verb praised muddy marshes and the phrase drawn burr oaks. Oh, thy wandering whimsies hides and seeks in search of tasty berries. In the threads of tales rumbles the tumbles of foamy earthy croaks. Who am I? Rub-a-dub-dub, three men in a tub. And who do you think they be? The prober, the sweeper, the artistic reaper. Turn them out, use all three.
The Gospel According to Fred In the beginning there was chaos, but when discord emerged therefrom, it brought forth as its twin a certain amount of order, that the disordered array might seem more glorious by comparison. And it was ordained on high that unto each universe, each galaxy, each system, each world, each continent, each nation, each province, each settlement, and each individual should be issued a limited ration of order. And so that this order might not increase itself and get out of the five-fingered hand of Eris, it was further ordained on high that there should come into existence a law whereby it might be governed. And this law became known as the law for the government of order, reading, Henceforth and forever, let it be that whosoever striveth to increase whatever amount of order he finds by the grace of Eris to be, he shall only by his efforts reduce it. And, behold, thusly was the law formulated, imposition of order equals escalation of chaos.
You know, it may, it may be, Wally, that one of the reasons that we don't know what's going on is that when we're there at a party, we're all too busy performing. Uh -huh. You know, that was one of the reasons that uh, Grotowski gave up the theater. He just felt that people in their lives now were performing so well that performance in the theater was sort of superfluous and, in a way, obscene. Isn't it amazing how often a doctor will live up to our expectation of how a doctor should look? We see a terrorist on television, he looks just like a terrorist. I mean, we live in a world in which fathers or single people or artists are all trying to live up to someone's fantasy of how a father or a single person or an artist should look and behave. They all act as if they know exactly how they ought to conduct themselves at every single moment, and they all seem totally self-confident. Of course, privately, people are very mixed up about themselves. Yeah. They don't know what they should be doing with their lives. They're reading all these self-help books. Oh, God, I mean, those books are just so touching because they show how desperately curious we all are to know how all the others of us are really getting on in life, even though by performing these roles all the time, we're just hiding the reality of ourselves from everybody else. Number 46, 
ascending, promotion, and comments, the weak ascend. Uh, interestingly, this hex has to do not with expansion, but with vertical ascent. Direct rise from obscurity and lowliness to power and influence. And also it is pushing upward associated with effort. And that which pushes upwards does not come back. It, the, the fifth line, says one pushes upward by steps, meaning one achieves one's will completely. Each line suggests a better pushing up, and this line is the culmination. Well, the top is bad, but five is the ruler. What does this suggest? Vertical ascent, which is self-explanatory, but obviously spiritual ascent is meant, in which case I can forget the bizarre and outre explanations and zero in on the essential fact expressed by the Yijing's answer. The problem in such matters as this is that there is no one to explain it all to me, i.e. a guru. I can't find anyone I can ask or talk to. What I can deduce from this is probably that, well, I guess it's rare, or if not rare, then no one who experiences this talks about it, or can talk about it. I pass from one world into another. I sum it up like that. And I ceased to be one thing and became a better thing. And I escaped illusion and reached reality. So I guess I found release or liberation through recovering my lost memories and in that state found my way back home to God and his kingdom, the real goal of all men. What else can I say? What else need be said? And what particular? What elaborate theories. When the Lord yeah. get ready, yeah. you got to move. Yeah. Oh, you got to move. You got to move. Sing it. You got to move.
You know, if you go to the Buddhist meditation center, they make you taste each bite of your food, so it takes two hours. It's horrible to eat your lunch, but you're conscious of the taste of your food. If you're just eating out of habit, then you don't taste the food, and you're not conscious of the reality of what's happening to you. You enter the dream world again. Well, do you think maybe we live in this dream world because we do so many things every day that affect us in ways that somehow we're just not aware of? What we know about Eris, not much. The Romans left the likeness of her for posterity. She was shown as a grotesque woman with a pale and ghastly look. Her eyes afire, her garment ripped and torn, and as concealing a dagger in her bosom. Actually, most women look pale and ghastly when concealing a chilly dagger in their bosoms. Her genealogy is from the Greeks and is utterly confused. Either she was the twin of Eris and the daughter of Zeus and Hera, or she was the daughter of Nyx, goddess of night, who was either the daughter or wife of Chaos, or both. And Nyx's brother, Erebus, and whose brothers and sisters include death, doom, mockery, misery, and friendship, and that she begat forgetfulness, quarrels, lies, and a bunch of gods and goddesses like that. One day, Mal, too, consulted his pineal gland and asked Eris if she really created all those terrible things. She told him that she had always liked the old Greeks, but that they cannot be trusted with historic matters. They were, she added, victims of indigestion, you know. Suffice to say that Eris is not hateful or malicious, but she is mischievous and does get a little cranky at times.
Uh, the Lost Voices of the Gods, Time Magazine, March 14, 1977. On uh, Julian Jane's uh, The Origin of Consciousness and the Breakdown of the Bicameral Mind. Man was bicameral until around 2000 BC. He could hear the voices of the gods coming from the speech center of his right hemisphere. Then he lost bicamerality and became monocameral. My theory. This loss of bicamerality is what we call the fall. We could no longer walk and talk with God. Well, to restore bicamerality is now, theoretically, now again possible. And this forthcoming event will mark the end of the period of the fall. Our sin is self-centered monochemorality. Well, what then are the gods, those who the Sibyls of Delphi heard? A higher life form than us? Where located? Here and there, anyhow, our monochemical consciousness must have been a sort of revolt against them. We were cut off. But they still exist, or are back, I heard one, or the one. In 374, I became temporarily bicameral, and in, by, so doing, achieved what Christ sought for us. I entered the kingdom, which equals a restoration of the long-lost bicamerality. We lost it circa 2000 BC. 2000 years later, he came down here, was incarnated here, to restore bicamerality.
Have you read Martin Buber's book on Hasidism? No. Oh, well, here's a view of life. He talks about the belief of the Hasidic Jews that there are spirits chained in everything. There are spirits chained in you, there are spirits chained in me. There are spirits chained in this table. And that prayer is the action of liberating these enchained embryo-like spirits. And that every action of ours in life, whether it's uh, doing business or making love or having dinner together, whatever, that every action of ours should be a prayer, a sacrament in the world. Now, do you think we're living like that? The ship seemed about to sink, and his fellow passengers, who had laughed at the mullah's warnings that they should prepare their souls for the next world, fell on their knees and cried out for help. In their lamentations, they were promising what they would do if they were saved. Steady, friends, shouted the mullah. Such prodigality with your worldly goods. Avoid entanglement, as you have in your lives so far. 
Trust me, I think I see land. stranger god intruding down to our screwed up chaotic world. The secret growth of cosmos crosses within the vast anomie, like its messages within and smaller than ours. So that certainly is reason to equate this crosses with Christ's forthcoming kingdom, in which all is harmony. No matter which explanation is correct, our salvation lies with the wisdom, the crosses-building artificer. It is to him that we must turn in all cases. And this does not make the creator evil, but blind also means deaf, since it stands for unknowing. Okay, from a Tilhardian standpoint, it seems to be consciousness either creating itself or being created. But it certainly is interesting that the Crossis building is wisdom, that I am sure of. And that the Crossis seems to me, I forget why, to be a thinking composite brain, or anyhow brain-like thing, an actualization into the physical world of the non-material entity, Holy Wisdom. 
The Crossius Builder is itself the Crossius. There is no difference between our being assimilated to it or to its edifice. So have I had an insight here without realizing that what is being built in linear time is identical to the Builder who lies outside of time? Is it he, she, completing itself? This a highest level of homeostasis, it is its own creator, self-created, which is next to impossible for us to understand, because somehow it would have to stand outside of time, or anyhow, normal linear time, not in bondage to it as we are. And so I found it to be precisely that, self-creating, a quality of God himself. What else is self-creating? Isn't that the ultimate hierarchical form of structure? All it needs is something to make itself out of, and, and, and at the end of time, there it stands, complete. And thereupon, as I experienced, it travels backward and creates itself backward in reverse retrograde sequence, like the way the writer of a mystery novel writes backward. This is the official Discordian blessing, which may only be performed by officially sanctioned popes of the Church of Eris. Since everyone is an officially sanctioned pope, approved by the House of Apostles of Eris, this means you and your family may spend meaningless hours of your time chaotically blessing whatever you please with our meaningful and inspirational blessing. First, focus carefully on whatever it is you are blessing. Be careful, for there is a fine line between carefully focusing and maniacal obsession. Keep it brief. The next exercise is to form your hand into the familiar V symbol. Then, point said hand at above noted object. Next, move your hand in a motion which carves out a star in the air. As you draw each side, recite the corresponding word in the holy phrase. Hail Eris, all hail Discordia. This will ensure that whatever is being blessed is in some way or another directly or indirectly associated with the Law of Fives.
represented the last burst of the human being before he was extinguished and that this is the beginning of the rest of the future now that from now on there'll simply be all these robots walking around feeling nothing thinking nothing and there'll be nobody left almost to remind them that there once was a species called a human being with feelings and thoughts and that history and memory are right now being erased and soon nobody will really remember that life existed on the planet. Thank you. 
When you uh, move your hand, you feel that you decide whether to open it or to close it. But then ask yourself, how do you decide? Welcome again to the other side. This is Void Captain Tenali Von Jumpin' Star Drive speaking. Hope everyone aboard has enjoyed a curious and cozy ride for the first half of Half Remarkable Questions, Part 7. A quest-filled show which explores the mystery within, the mystery without. And we commence the first set of wonder with... Exuma, Damn Fool. Stella Hoskill with Burr Allah. Then Ella Mae Wilson, Lily B. Williams, and Richard Williams with You Got to Move. We heard Children in Dijon with Bellabal. And a piece from the Secret Museum of Mankind release, Music of East Africa. A track entitled Chibokoin Kiyai. And we heard Magic Carpet with Black Cat. And we heard Ruhangez with Daramad Zabol. It's an early recording from the 1920s from Iran. Then we heard King Radio and the Lion with Abyssian Lament. And we heard George and Unice Stabler with Omaha Tribal Prayer. Karasal Akul, Throat Songs from Mongolia. That track was entitled Song for Egil. And we finished up with Robin Williamson, Will We Open the Heavens? And also like to thank Jason Naylor for his readings from The Exegesis of Philip K. Dick and Joey with his readings of Old Soupy Tales. All right, stay tuned. We shall continue in 23 seconds. More or less. 